You need a system or process for everything that you do in this business, and we're gonna break that down today. Welcome back to another episode of All or Nothing in Real Estate. I'm Matt Smith. I'm the founder of All or Nothing in Real Estate, and we have a good one for you today. Today, we're going to break down some secrets on truly a secret that I don't think enough people talk about in the real estate business that is a super crucial key to scaling your business. Everybody, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're part of this movement, you want to grow. In today's episode, we're going to break down behind the scenes of how to grow an ops team that will keep up with your growth in sales. There's so much sales training, so much things available out there to help grow sales, which we teach that too, but I don't I think there's a huge hole in our industry on how to keep your ops scaled so that you can provide the support, the leverage that your agents or sales teams need to truly grow and scale a sustainable business. So, I have a saying that I say all the time, without a system or a process, your default is chaos. And let's be honest, in this business we're in in real estate, there's enough chaos already. We don't need to add more to it. So you need a system or process for everything that you do in this business, and we're going to break that down today. Um, so we're going to share the strategies that we have implemented that has helped our team grow to number eight in the nation and number one in the state of Missouri. And today I'm joined by a very special German guest, Melanie Rivers, our director of operations. Say hi. Hi, thank you for having me here. Yeah, um, thanks for being here, Melanie. Thanks for volunteering to help to give back, to help open up uh, the book on our operations, how we how we operate, how we've grown, how we've scaled, and how we use that to support our business and our agents. And um, I, I'm just excited to dive into this because there's so much that we can break apart here that will really help agents, teams, brokerages truly grow their organization because... It's like building a house on a bad foundation. Your ops operations team is the foundation of your business. And if your foundation isn't strong, the whole thing could collapse. And so we're going to break down how to build a operations, whether if you're a single agent right now and you want to hire your first, um, your first transaction coordinator, your first assistant, you will find value here. If you run a team bigger than ours, you will find value here. If you run a big brokerage operation with uh, branches everywhere across the nation, you will find value here. We're going to cover all of that in today's episode. So Melanie, let's dive in. Let's start with why do you feel a team like ours needs a whole operations team to support us? Why is that important? It's important because um, without structure, you've said it before, there is chaos. Um, we are supporting the agents with um, paperwork and um, just in general. Um, we're we're kind of there to help them out when they when they have problems. Yeah, and, 100%. Um, yeah. Here to support the agents because yeah. um, I found this out a long time ago is that there's everybody has a gift. Certain people are great at certain things. And a lot of people say that you should take and go all in on your weaknesses and improve them. And yeah, you need to get better at your weaknesses, but why are you going to focus on where you struggle? Why not go all in on your strengths? Why not use that and find a great... So as an example, when I developed the team, that's what ops did for me is I'm not good at the details. That's why I have Melanie's <laughs> in my life. I'm not good at doing all of the structure, all of that stuff. That's something that um, most agents could agree with, is that that's not a strength of theirs. And so you need other people that support you in your weaknesses. And that's really where this all started with our operations team. And it's scaled to a large level today. Um, we have 10 plus ops members um, on our team. 21. Uh, yeah, wow, okay. <laughs> um, we've, grown, we've grown a lot quicker than I realized. Um, so we have 21 ops members on our team. And so we've got this, I mean, we're not perfect, but we have this dialed in where we can teach you 
what we have done wrong so you can learn from our mistakes to grow that. So as an example, there's a lot of agents that are jack of all trades, but they're the masters of none. We want our agents focusing on the things that produce them income, that go out and meet face-to-face with clients so that, number one, if they're doing the paperwork, they're going to mess it up. Sorry, agents, you just are, right? (laughs) So you need people like Melanie and her amazing operations staff that thrive in doing the paperwork, that thrive in the task and the processes Mm -hmm. that can do that. So not only does it help you in your, your transaction, but more importantly, it gives the client a better service. So, uh, Melanie, talk a little bit about how that how that really how that really works from your your perspective. What what is what is like an overview of a day in our operations department? What does that look like look like to you? Um, a day in our operations department, uh, we have different um, you know offices. We have our transaction coordinators. We have our listing coordinators. Um, we have our client care specialists. They all all day long focus on the client experience and the agent experience. 1000%. And it's so important that you said both of those. Mm-hmm. You guys that are listening, I need you to write both of those down. You're building an operations team, first and form- foremost, and you're in the client experience business. You need to make sure that client has the best experience possible. Number two, you're also in the agent experience business because if your operations and agents aren't on the same page and they're working against each other or you're building silos, that's destined to fail. They need to, so something that we talked about just before the show is, I remember we did a whole meeting with our whole operations team not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And I laid out a big speech and basically the message was, all of you work on commission. Like ops team are on a salary, they get a base pay. Like there's, they technically they don't work on commission, but inside of our organization, everybody does. And so if they all understand that, that if they they help the agents and if they give the clients a better experience, we get more business right? If they give the agents a better experience, we get more business. And that is job security that gives them room for growth. And we are all in this together. And there's a, it's a two way street there. The agents need to understand and respect the ops, but the ops needs to respect and understand the agents and realize that if you have tonal vision on what it is you're good at, you're going to do so much better at it. You're going to enjoy it. And you're going to do, you're going to give the client a way better experience than trying to do it all yourself. Correct. Um, so talking about client experience, um, I think it's so, so important that your operations team, even the, I think it's probably more crucial for your operations team to understand customer service than it is for your agents. And why I say that is because agents naturally should have a little bit of that in them from going through sales training, et cetera, because part of sales is customer service. But operations are looking at a checklist and they're kind of behind the scenes one of the things that we've really done is empowered our operations team to be as client facing as possible while not mm-hmm. taking away from their task and realizing that they are a big, big part of this person's transaction. I mean, our, our, our core focus here is changing lives, right? And so our, our operations team every day is focused on what can we do to change more lives and help more people and get them involved and invested and empower them that they are a crucial part of the client experience. Yeah, you want to be involved with your client. Um, you want to get to know your client. You want to get to know, you know, if they're married, how many kids they have. And it just makes for a smoother transaction the more you know about yep. your client. And um, it helps the agent out. They can focus on other things. They don't have to focus on their client once they're on the contract. And, um, yeah, it's definitely important. 
Yeah, 100%. We'll kind of break down a little bit of what a TC does, what LC does. Uh, we have a marketing department. We'll break all that down here um, here in just a minute. Um, but I think it's important before you start, you need to understand, we talked about the foundation. Your ops team is your foundation, but how can you strengthen that foundation? And so without without that, you can't scale, right? Because you mm-hmm. just it's always going to be a revolving door. People aren't going to the, give the support to the clients or the agents that are necessary. And it's impossible to keep agents happy if you don't have a good ops team. Correct. A lot of teams and stuff that I'm fortunate enough to coach and, and hang around, like it's, how do I keep my agents happy? How do I keep my agents happy? Um, and they end up playing the split game. And that's a game that you fail because ultimately if they start chasing splits or a higher split, the, you get you get what you pay for, right? And so are you if they're chasing a higher split, it's because they don't feel like the value they are getting on the team is what they need. And that comes from the ops team. Mm-hmm. It comes from opportunities through your marketing, through your leads, through the transaction coordination support, through leadership, through all of that. And so you have to make sure you have a strong foundation of an operations team. Um, it's also important that the culture of the operation, so your operations are in your office every single day, at least in our organization, yes. and they are a huge, huge part of your culture. And you yes. have to make sure that they understand the importance of culture. We talk about that um, in a lot of our past podcasts, but it's so important. Some people forget that when it comes to operations and think, well, they're different. It's not important for them. It's important for everybody in the organization. I could even make the argument that it's more important for your operations than your agents because they're in the office more <laughs> and they affect the culture more because they're mm-hmm. here every day. So talk a little bit about um, about the importance of culture and operations for us. Yeah, so we're hiring culture first, and um, we're making sure that we have the right people in the right seat, and um, that we're all a good fit for each other. Uh-huh. You have to get along with your agent. You um, you got to trust. There's a big um, a big trust. Yeah, you have to create that trust factor between yeah. the agent. And the ops member, mm-hmm. and then the ops member and the clients, like all three of them have to create that trust bond. Yeah. That's a huge part of the transaction. And that goes back to the experience for the client and the agent, right? If, without that trust, they're not going to have a good experience. Mm-hmm. And so that goes both ways. Um, but again, hire the right people and then create systems around hiring those people that focus on the culture. Mm-hmm. And it's important. Part of building a culture is getting everybody to share your story. And if you can get your ops people who are usually most operations-based people are like a high C personality on the disc test. Yes. And so they're not like <laughs> out there sharing everything to all their friends. They're just like, hey, keep me in my box and give me a checklist and I'm good. Like that's the stuff that that's like, I hate to put people in a box, but you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And gen- to generalize it, like mm-hmm. that's ops people mostly, right? And so with that being said, if you can empower them to share the story of they love coming to work, they love the environment, they love the culture, that will attract more people like that because you need people like that in an organization to truly scale. Um, especially if you act like me and you're a bulldozer and tear everything apart, you need people like Melanie in your life to pick up the pieces and put it back together. Um, so let's break down what does a great ops team look like, Melanie? What are some of the departments that, that they um, need? Our departments, we have transaction coordinators for foremost. Um, I, I I personally used to be a transaction coordinator, and I kind of biased. They're kind of my favorite. <laughs> no, um, but um, so we have transaction coordinators, uh, listing coordinators, very important. Um, focus on um, getting your listings on the market, uh-huh. on um, homes on the market for your sellers, agents. Um, we have client care specialists that focus on um, follow up with clients, answering phone calls, and um, just like greeting clients when they yeah. first step into making our sure office. overall the client experience the client's is positive. experience yes yep. um we do have um a tech guy 
<laughs> and everybody um, needs a good tech guy. Everyone needs a good tech guy. He's very busy. Um, we have um, VA uh, virtual assistant support. So that that is um, kind of like supporting our listing coordinators, our marketing team, and our and it, we're working on having them support our TC department as well. Mm-hmm. So and then yeah, you have your regular departments like um, HR, um, marketing. Um, you have your COO and yeah, yeah. leadership team, leadership team, marketing, um, also yeah. finance is a big finance, department. Yes. Um, a lot of real estate teams uh, kind of delegate those out, including us. Um, Mm -hmm. We have bookkeeper companies that specialize in that, but um, it's just, it's important that you understand. So let's give a a overall view here. Um, If I'm an agent that's looking to start a team or already have a team, you need a TC department, right? That's one of the first hires. Absolutely. That's your most important thing. You need to make sure that you have somebody that once you write the contract and you're under contract, somebody that you can hand the paperwork to Mm -hmm. that is detail oriented, that can make sure the paperwork is done correctly, Uh right? First and foremost. (laughs) And second, just make sure that they're tracking deadlines so nothing falls through the cracks and keep the agent doing agent things. Mm -hmm. And so agent things would be going out and setting more appointments. The agent things would be negotiating another contract, right? Going to yes. closings, doing negotiation stuff. That's mm-hmm. where we want agents focusing their time. Focusing not on, on the yep, yeah. not on the stuff that is just very detail oriented, that is task oriented, that takes away the agent's time from going out and producing income. And that's what cool what is cool about it is if you create it properly, is that those two people are completely polar opposites. Mm-hmm. But if you hired a culture like we talked about, they get along so well and ultimately that client gets a way better experience. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it allows that agent to go out and sell more transactions, right? Because they're creating leverage through that. Yes. Um, And so listing coordinators is a very similar process, right? It's Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of pre-listing documents, scheduling showings, preparing paperwork, that that sort of thing before it goes under contract. Yes. Um, And one of uh, the cool departments we have here is our marketing department is is very crucial if you want to scale a business is you have to create opportunities for your agents. And so if you want to learn more about marketing, we've done a couple of podcasts recently. We did one on marketing versus branding and we did one breaking down the importance of video. So go check that or wherever you're listening to this, there's gold there on how you can create marketing, how you can really dive into, um, give give your team, your agents more opportunities. Um, let's talk about hiring the right people. We talked about culture, mm-hmm. um, but let's break that down a little bit. So personality types matter. So I kind of hit on that. Like it's, if you hired me to be a transaction coordinator, not only would I pull my hair out, I would just <laughs> screw it up, right? I'm just, yes. I'm not a good fit. So yeah. you have to make sure that you set up those proper expectations and you hit it on earlier to write people in the right seats. Mm-hmm. And so make sure you have the right people, meaning they fit your culture, but also do they excel in the things that this job entails? I think that's a huge part of growing an operations team. So we actually have um, our hiring process. Um, we try to have our new hires come in every department for at least a day or two. They spend the most time in the TC department because it's very um, detail-oriented and a lot to learn. But on the other days, like the first week or two, they, they really just um, go from department to department. And so we can see where they excel where they can see where where they excel themselves, like uh-huh. what they prefer, because we don't want somebody doing TC work, work when he's really want to do marketing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's such. I I wasn't even going to hit on that. That's such a great point. Is yeah. that um, when we hire people, we believe in the right people, right seat so mm-hmm. much that if we hire you as a TC, you're you're onboarding. 
you're going to train as a TC, but you're mm -hmm. also going to train as an LC. Yeah. You're also going to train and understand what the client care specialist does. We do that so we can do cross training so people can plug and play when somebody's on vacation or sick. But we also do that so that we can test to see what is your gift? Like I talked about yeah. earlier, what, what are you actually, where do you excel at? What are you passionate about? And maybe you thought it was this, but once you dove in and did a couple of days of training, hey, I think this is what I like and what I'm good at. Well, if we have a spot, we want to put you there. We want to put you in the right seat um, that, that where you excel. I think mm -hmm. that's a great point. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I also think it's important that in an operations environment, you create safety and allow them to make mistakes. Yes. So there's too many. Here is part of the downfall with a lot of operations-based organizations or companies is that they are so task-oriented that they get trapped and they get stuck in the, well, this is the way we've always done it. And one of the ways that we get out of that trap is all the time I tell the ops people, every day when you come in, I want you to look and say, if nobody told me how to do my job, how would I do my job? I empower them so that they can think for themselves and they can improve the processes as we go. And it's versus, hey, just do it this way. No, if you have a better way, we mm -hmm. wanna hear it because we wanna always improve and evolve. And so if you guys wanna write that quote down is if no one told you to, how to do your job, how would you do it? If you can actually get your operations people thinking about that, they will help you improve your processes for you. We've already laid out the importance of you need a system and process for everything so you don't have a default of chaos, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And so to get less chaos, help your ops people, empower them to have a voice, to have an opinion, and have them improve. Because to be honest, if they improve the process or I improve the process, they're going to do it 10 times better than me because I don't do it every day. And so make sure you create that empowered environment for them. So let's break down um, creating systems and processes, Melanie. Yes. Um, so... System and processes. Yes. That's what I do. That's what. That's where you excel. 100%. That's where I excel. Um, I love diving into processes, finding holes, improving processes, and um, making life easier for the entire team. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things that we have found that is very, very important is anything that you do more than once, you need a process for it. Mm -hmm. If you... If you don't have a process for how the how you answer the phone, if you don't have a process for how you transfer calls, if you don't have a process for how you intake a file, you don't have a process for how you close out a file, you don't have a process for how you market a new listing, you're just acting on accident and not on purpose. And how in the world are you gonna scale an organization, much less find holes to improve the process if you don't even do it the same way mm -hmm. two times in a row? Exactly. There's so many people that operate on accident. And this, this is why I said at the beginning, this, is the, this right here, what we're diving into now, is the crucial step in truly scaling a business. Is if you have a system and a process for everything that you do, it's repeatable, it's duplicatable, and it's scalable. That means that when I hire somebody new in an ops team, I don't have to hold their hand through all of the training because we have a manual, mm -hmm. we have video libraries, we have a process for how we do it, and we've empowered other people in that department to help train them also because they do that job every single day. And if you're able to do that, it truly allows you to scale and make your foundation even stronger. And it allows you to, when you have the foundation so strong of a great operations team, like we literally, this is a true story. Our operations team is so strong, we were able to double an agent count in the first quarter. Yes. We went from 20 agents to 42 agents in the first quarter of this year. 
And we didn't die. No, and nothing <laughs> nothing crazy fell apart. Yes, we managed. And it's because we have such a strong foundation of a great operations team to keep us intact. Mm-hmm. They're the glue that holds us together. Yes. Um, one, let's talk about some of the mistakes that uh, people make when creating processes. Um, they overcomplicate things. Um, yep. Start with your one-cheaters. On a, What's a one-cheater? A one-cheater is um, where you write down, um, so a task that you do daily, if it's inputting a listing into Maris or um, yeah, other things, um, just create a one-cheater with simple steps of what you're doing. Like It doesn't have to be a whole page. It can be like five items that summarize what you're doing. Yep. And then once you have that, you can start breaking down each item, 100%. each step. It's start simple. Start and, simple. Um, I learned something today, actually, that I think that we're going to implement that will help with this too, is one of the ways to create a process. So a lot of people, including myself, struggle with, well, I know how to do it. I just don't know how to teach you how to do it, mm-hmm. right? There's, a, there's, a, there's something in the human brain that just makes that difficult for some people, including myself. So what I have found is useful is I record a video of me doing it. Yep. And now we have the video and I can send it to a person that's like Melanie or some of our VA support or somebody that is very task oriented that to create that checklist based upon the video of how I do it. Mm-hmm. And so if you, that's not you, leverage somebody else that is that strength to create those processes for you. And yes, you need, you need anything you need to do more than once you need a process for, but don't overcomplicate it. Like done is better than perfect and undone, right? <laughs> so don't, it doesn't have to be perfect. Start somewhere and you can keep improving mm-hmm. as you go. Exactly. And so um, what we go by is a 20-80 rule. So it's 20% of the work that creates 80% of the result. And so that means that what is the, if you had to put, if you had to pick five things, there could be 50 tasks that get done when you intake a file, just as an example. Mm-hmm. What are the five most crucial things? Start there, right? And you start there and that's how you create the one cheater. And then if you need to break those tasks down, more in depth and say you need five bullet sub bullets for every one of those, then you create another one cheater based upon that one. Yeah. But that's where you start. Start simple. Like think of a, anytime you read a book, it has chapters, right? Mm-hmm. Like what or, are your chapters that yeah. are most important? Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're pretty good at that right now. Um, we have everything. We're still working on our processes, but yep. always, it's, it's always, it's a work in progress. It's a work always in will be. Yeah. Um, and I've, I'm, let me teach you guys from some of the mistakes I've made. I used to say this. I want our processes so documented that I can hire a monkey off the street and they can come in and do your job. But what that did was it confused, it overcomplicated, it, it overwhelmed everybody that it was way too in-depth. And so we've since adjusted and we've simplified it that if it needs to be so simple that a monkey can come in and get get the gist of what it is you're supposed to do and then give that human element for them to make a conscious decision because we empower our people to make those decisions and not afraid to make mistakes because they have the system and the process of the core of here's what we do. Yes. If they understand how to use the systems, they can work with the process. Yeah, 1,000%. And it's also, um, it's important to note that you, and I kind of hit on it, just a second ago, but give give your operations team the freedom to expand and grow upon the one cheaters, upon your process, and empower them to continue to grow and evolve that. Um, maybe have them check back with leadership of some sort to make sure it makes sense for the long-term goal, mm-hmm. but empower them to do that. 
Um, another another cool support tool is we we use video support for a lot of our trainings. Yes. And so there's not a lot of people, a lot of people are visual learners and they can't just come in and look at a piece of paper and understand what that means. And so if you can create Loom videos, this is a great tool that we have found is very, very useful, that you can link those to to whatever, say that one cheater of intaking a file or inputting a listing. Well, do you have a video that supports that one cheater? Yes. And if you create that for all of those, now you have your training manual that literally anybody can come in and you can help grow and scale your, your operations organization. Yes, Loom is a great tool. Yeah. We use it a lot. Yeah, it's it's because it, it's so great because people are such visual learners, right? <laughs> and it's it's you can truly break down the why behind the checklist and it makes a big, big difference. Um, let's talk about uh, supporting our ops team. Um, I remember at one of our offsites <laughs> recently, we were um, we were at, having an offsite with the whole team, and I I don't know, I just had a, a whim, and I asked everybody in the room. I said, I want you to raise your hand if you had zero real estate experience before you came to the team. The whole room went up. <laughs> everybody except for like three people. Yeah. The whole hand, everybody's <laughs> hand went up. And so I only I only tell you that to let you know that if you create these systems and processes. They, the experience, the real estate experience is not as crucial as hiring the right people and making sure they're willing to learn their good culture fit and they can help you grow these, these systems as you grow your organization. Yes. Um, to support your ops people, I think it's so, so crucial that as a leader of an organization that your focus needs to be on your people and empowering them to continue to evolve and grow the processes. You have to create that safe environment so that you can, again, going back to the same thing, but it's so important because so many people get this part wrong. Empower your people to go out and improve the process. And if they make a mistake, it's okay. Like, I'll give you an example. I remember I worked in another real estate organization and there was an ops member that um, made a mistake in putting a listing. Mm -hmm. Just a simple mistake, nothing major. That mistake cost the company $100. That person was scared to go to leadership and say, hey, I made a mistake. Instead, when the bill came in, the owner of the company went raiding around, charging who did this, who made this mistake, yelling and screaming throughout the whole entire office. And then there's somebody in the corner saying, it was me, I did it, like raising their hand, scared to death. Well, it's coming out of your paycheck. It's this, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like, don't create that kind of environment for no. your operations people. Do They're you think just... that person is going to be empowered to do anything ever again? No. They're going to wait to be told what to do and be scared to do it. Instead, we've had that exact example happen multiple times in our organization. Mistakes happen, yes. right? We just learn from them. But what? because the safety we've created in the environment and because of Melanie's help, we our operations team will come and tell us, hey, we just got notified we're getting a fine. They don't wait on the bill to come in. They tell us and say, hey, mm -hmm. here's what it is. But what else is cool is that because of our leadership style, we've also taught them that don't just come with a problem, come, come with, with a solution. solution. Yes. And so they come with, they come and say, hey, I made this mistake. I found the hole in the in the process. Here's the here's what I've done to improve the process. It won't happen again. Which organization do you want? <laughs> do you want the person that is going to solve their own problems when they make a mistake like a human makes? Or do you want the organization where it's somebody over here that's scared to death to do anything because they don't want to get yelled and screamed at? Like it's up to you, whatever culture you create in your in your organization. But I want the ops team that's going to go out and help us evolve and grow. And if they make a few mistakes on the way, great. Guess what? We'll learn from them. Exactly. Yeah. 
we all make mistakes. Yeah. And um, the, the way that I look at it, too, is that if you make a mistake now in your organization, it's way better than making it 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. Because what is that mistake? If you on a growth path and you scale your organization, because we all want to grow, that's why you're listening to this podcast, right? If you all, if you are wanting to grow, your problems 10 years from now are going to cost way more money than they cost you right now. So let's learn those mistakes now. Let's learn them off early. Let's learn them often. Let's fix the process now while it costs $100 versus $100,000. Yeah. Because that same mistake is going to be more costly down the road. While they're learning how to fix their mistakes or find a, uh, not fix, but... Um, find a solution on how to avoid them in the future, probably because there was a hole in the process somewhere. And um, that way they're not going to make the same mistake again. Yep, 100%. Um, you want to talk a- about accountability with your ops team? How do you handle that? We have accountability meetings. We have our level 10 meetings where we um, hold each other accountable. Um of course, Why, we have our the, core values. Yeah, how are those level 10 meetings important to your your, uh, your ops team? Um, I think it gives them, um, it empowers them to be part of um, the ops team of uh, decision making and um, finding holes in the process. 100%. And, um, it gives them a chance to see the bigger picture yes, as well, right? Because a them, lot of ops people are... Yeah. I mean, I don't mean any offense to this, but they like got their, their head in the sand, right? Mm-hmm. I don't remember what bird that is, but there's a bird that sticks <laughs> their head in the sand. Like a lot of times that's how ops people think because they're just getting shit done, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah. we that gives us an opportunity once a week to pull their head up out of the sand and let's look at where we're going as an yeah. operations, as an as a operations company once a week. Let's work on the business, not in the business for an hour a week. And when you're able to do that, now they understand a little bit more about the why they're doing the what. And it empowers them to improve the process because they understand where the bigger vision is going. Exactly. We're tracking numbers. Um, of course, our our core values. Um, we have monthly um, employee of the month where we reward employees for you know presenting certain core values or standing out um, from the others. Um, teamwork. Yeah. I think it's important to keep your ops as a part of the number conversation because they're a very crucial part of it. Like mm-hmm. they want to win too. Yeah. Like, so share your numbers, share the struggles, share that openly and transparently. Don't create silos between sales and ops because if ops, if ops can hold an agent accountable, <laughs> which we've had that happen in our organization, like that's true, true power because mm-hmm. that ops, a lot of organizations that I've talked to, the ops people like get upset or aggravated when an agent's write a contract. I love that a lot of times, like our TC department, like will, in a fun, <laughs> playful way, give our agents shit. Well, I didn't get any contracts this week. What the hell yep. are you doing? I'm getting bored over here. It's also because fun. it creates that friendly competition. It empowers them to want to do more. And the ops people realize, going back to what we said earlier, guess what? They work on commission too. <laughs> and that creates more opportunity for them. Yeah. Not just calling them out for not, you know, turning in any contracts, but it also works the other way around. Um, we're, we empower our ops for um, shouting out our agents mm-hmm. for when they do good, when they turn in a perfect file, or um, yep. when they got five on the contract in three days. Um, we, we, we celebrate our agents, and um, it's vice versa as well. Yep. The agents celebrate their ops. Absolutely, and that helps create that relationship, mm-hmm. right? So there's yeah. not silos being built. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's break down what not to do. Where, where do people go wrong in operations? Like, 
I mean, I know we're perfect and we never made a mistake, but if we were to make mistakes, what would be some of the mistakes that we made? Hiring the wrong people. Yeah. Totally joking, <laughs> by the way. We've made every mistake in the book. That's how we learn. We Hiring the wrong people. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, I, I just... Um, the being being in operations in a real estate business, um, it can be very stressful. A lot of people don't handle stress very well, and um, if if you think that this is you know your regular nine to five job where you just sit on your desk all day and type on your keyboard, yeah, that's that's probably not the right job for you because it's so much more than that. It's um, um, you have to deal. You you have to be able to um, problem solve on your own, and some people they're just not fit for that. Where they rely on other people to tell them what to do. Yeah, that so, that goes back to empowering part, people. Yeah, 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 part of that is part of that is um, real estate. You're mm -hmm. correct, but part of that is some of the culture stuff we've been hitting on too. Mm -hmm. Is that we create a culture of we want self managed and self disciplined people. Exactly. And it goes back to the saying: if nobody told you how to do your job, how would you do it? And having people to give them that empowerment that they're able to do that for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. They don't wait to be told what to do, right? Mm -hmm. And um, another do not do is, um, we talked about this earlier, build silos um, or pit the agents against the ops or ops versus agents. It's it's just not helping. Yeah. Yeah. It's 100%. never going to, no one's going to win. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, it's a tough road to navigate sometimes, but it's mm -hmm. super crucial that you spend the time investing in those people and those relationships so that they're, they realize they're on the same team and they have the same common goal, right? Exactly. And so I think part of that too is painting the vision to your operations team as you're growing and scaling, whether you have one TC or you have a hundred, I don't care, or one operations or a hundred or anywhere in between. It is so, so crucial that you paint the vision of what is possible for your operations team, right? Like, so as an example, do you have a clear cut bonus structure for your operations team if your agent hits goals? If your agent, if your company and your agents hit certain goals because your operations did such good job supporting them, mm -hmm. do you have a bonus structure where you reward them for that? Because a lot of people would say no. Well, they're just they, they clock in, do their job, and then go out. Like yeah. if you have that mindset, you're setting them up for failure. No wonder they they them and the agents don't get along because they see the agents going out and doing doing. They don't. So here's what the ops people see. Let's talk about this relationship. Here's what the operations team sees. They see the agent in the office two days a week for three, four hours at a time. Mm -hmm. They don't see the nights and weekends. They don't see the showings. They don't see the last minute phone calls. They don't see the fires. They don't see all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes out in the field. They only see what they see in the office because that's where the ops people are. And so they already have the perception that the agents aren't working as hard as them. True. Right, wrong, or indifferent? It's the truth. It's the truth, yeah. Um, and. If you don't create opportunity for the operations person to improve, to grow, to have room for possible leadership, like you said, you used to be a TC, now you're director of operations. If you don't yes. create that path as a leader for your operations team, they're going to get burnt out and they're not going to be a part of the bigger picture because you as a leader limited their growth. You need to allow and build an organization big enough where everybody has that opportunity. 
and you need to make sure that you paint that for your agents or for your operations team. One of the things I'm super proud of is that we have been able to award bonuses on a quarterly basis for mm -hmm. several years now. Yes. We give Christmas bonus to our operations people because we truly love and support every, all the support that they give us and all of the hard work that they put in. Right. Like it's there's you just have to find ways to reward that. As we speak right now, we're actually I talked with um, with some people today in leadership about we are finalizing another bonus structure for our operations team yes. because they are crucial to our organization, to our business. And we want to reward them for the good behavior and all the great work that they do. Um, anything else on the what not to do? You have any other um, tips? Well, there? We, we talked a little bit about limit. your Don't limit your opportunities in your ops department. Um, always like moving forward and uh, always look ahead so don't don't limit just for inside your office um, there's always ways to monetize any of your operations department and um, yeah but first you gotta master the processes <laughs> yeah yeah you yeah there's 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 so yeah. much opportunity for sure um, but it all comes back to mastering what you're doing mm -hmm. and doing such a good job that it'll, it gives that freedom for your company to scale and then when they scale we all win together right and so um here's the must-haves you must i hit on this already but you have to have a clear picture and vision you have to be able to paint that with your ops team um ops have different personalities than agents and you got to treat them different your job as a leader in an organization is to meet people where they are like if your leadership strategy is, well, you just have to deal with how I am, you're a terrible leader. Part of your leadership strategy needs to be, I have to adapt and be a chameleon to meet this person where they are. And you have to talk to operations people different than you talk to agents. You have to make sure that you understand and that you, you see things through their lens. And it's not difficult, it's very challenging to do, but it's so, so crucial to keep your operations team on point because they need to have that clear vision and they need a leader that can articulate that properly. Um, and it's, it's really, here, here was a, here was a big, big mindset shift for our operations and our team as a whole. I say this a lot is if you want to become more valuable in our organization, wake up every day and replace yourself. That's how you become invaluable. A lot of people don't believe me. They have an, a limited mindset where they think that if I wake up and replace myself, then I'm replaced and I'm gone. Mm -hmm. But in reality, if you create two of you, mm -hmm. you are now twice as valuable as you were before. You have to be aligned with the right organization that understands that like I do and like we do. But when you truly get people that believe that mindset and they want to wake up every day to replace themselves, it, it they literally, when they replace themselves, they're adding another rung to the ladder to grow their own success journey. And you need to get them to buy into that and then reward them for that when that happens. Like that's the big crucial part. You have to reward them when that happens, but you need them to buy in, empower them to be part of the process, right? Right. And, and again, um, agents and ops have to get along. You have to create an environment where they support and appreciate each other. Like that's so yes. crucial. Um, any final thoughts that you have, Melanie? Um, like I said, um, it's um, our processes are never complete. We're always working, always finding holes. Um, final thoughts. Always improve. Always improve. There's always room for improvement, 100%. Yeah. Um, all right, so here's my final thoughts. An ops team, number one, it creates leverage. Leverage creates more time. If you ask any agent, so an operations team is here to support the agents because sales bring in the money. We talked about that earlier, right? 
But if you can create the leverage for the sales agents to go out and make more sales, that creates more opportunities for the ops people. And then the ops people build such a strong foundation. Now you can add more agents and it keeps growing. Like each one feeds each other. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important and crucial that every step of the way you're focused on the client experience and the agent experience in your operations department. Your, your operations department, once they're under contract, they should probably talk to your client more than the agent does. Oh, yeah. And so are they, are they client focused? Are they trying to make the client have the best experience possible? Like here's a challenge. I'll share a real life challenge that we've done with our operations people. We track if they get mentioned in the five star reviews that we get. Like that is their goal. Every TC, every LC is their goal is to get mentioned in, in the, in the review. Yep. Like that's how you know you've done, gone above and beyond for that person. Like, because you are such a crucial part of this transaction for them in their lives. And I know for a fact, I see it on the TC's faces and on the LC's faces. When they get mentioned, they light up inside because that gives them a cool feeling of they really were an important part of that process. So yeah, it's cool to get the five-star review. It's cool to get the the TC or LC mentioned because you know they did a good job. But the coolest part for me is seeing them light up when their name was mentioned and that feeling that I know they get when their name was mentioned in that, even though they weren't the agent. Right. It's it truly creates a special bond. So client experience and agent experience. And I'm going to end with this. When you have an operations team, you need to say this. You can never say this enough because a lot of their mindsets are very fixed, like not good, wrong, bad or indifferent. It's just what they are. That's why they're, they excel at what they excel at is because they're so good at just seeing a list and just knocking it off. But you need to constantly paint the vision and understand, have them understand if nobody told you how to do your job, how would you do it? Because now they're going to always improve, always evolve, always make the process better. Cool, guys. Um, Melanie, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it. Um, you are doing an amazing job with our operations team. Um, and uh, the uh, the processes have come night and day since you got in your seat. And um, you're doing a great job leading our team. And I know for a fact we gave value to the people today. So thank you so much for being here. And guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, as always, if you found any value from this episode, share it with a friend. Um, we are here to be a resource, to provide value, to help more people, and to change more lives. And we're able to do that through this vehicle as well that is truly a movement to give back to the industry that's given so much to me. So thank you, thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.